Okay, we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And tonight, we are going to kind of wind down the football season. We are so excited in August yeah. and September that football's on its way. Now, here we are, you know, 1st of December. Right. Second. Second, second actually, but the first part of December. Right. It's... For all intents and purposes, other than the bowl game, which we're excited about, the duck football season's over. You know, I'm not embarrassed, but I have you know, was working today when you sent us the, we figured out, you know, that they were going to be in a, the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what bowl game it is. What, what bowl game are we in? Okay, so we're in the uh, Red Box Bowl. Whoa, that's new. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's played at Levi Stadium, the 49ers. Nice. Uh, Stadium in Santa Clara. Who are we playing? We're playing Michigan State. Whoa. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, we've played them a lot over the recent years. We have. You know, they we uh, have had some really good games against Michigan State. They're kind of down this year. So um, are we. Right. Well, we were eight and four, and they're seven and five. Okay. You know, but again, it's a Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup, which is, you know, been going on for forever because that's the Rose Bowl matchup has always been... The you know, winner the, of the Pac-12 and the winner of the Big Ten. Right, or Pac-10 or Pac-8 or however right. know, over the years. But yeah, so there's you know there's a history there. So that should be interesting. Uh, I like the fact that it's, uh, it's New Year's Eve day. So last year we played in the Las Vegas Bowl and it was December 15th and one of the first bowls. And right. It just didn't seem right. It's weird. You know, when, I, like, yeah. I like it when it's later in the month, you know, and it. Well, all the the big bowls and all the good bowls are around that time. Well, January one, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's you want your team to be playing, I guess. And <laughs> right, yeah, you want them to, yeah, normal. you want to play around around New Year's. So, you know, that's really big. You know, I think that it will be a good matchup. I think it's definitely a game we can win. Right, Herbert has decided he's going to play. Right, yeah. Cristobal came out uh, earlier today and said that that Herbert's going to play, which tells me that he's probably definitely staying for the next year. Well, yeah, that's what we want. It's a you good know, chance. We want him to stay, but it, it definitely is an indication that he's going to stay. Right. Because a lot of, in recent years, and, and I absolutely hate this, but a lot of the uh, you know top draft pick guys, if they're not playing for a national championship, uh, they've decided that they're not going to play. You know, Royce Freeman last year right. decided not to play for Oregon because he was going to be drafted. Even though he was drafted, you know, a third round, I think. Yeah, it was you know, low. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't, you know, one of the number one picks. Yeah, one of the premier backs. You know, so, yeah, we're going to play at, at the time that you want to be playing. So there's a buildup. So there's the excitement of that. It's, it's big in recruiting. Yeah. You know, the last year it killed us because that Saturday we had a huge recruiting uh, weekend planned and the, they had to cancel it. You know, of course the, the Willie Taggart leaving for Florida state and right. Great, uh, great season. Willie, uh, just got to love the guy. I think that, and I don't have any of the stats in front of me because I really don't care enough to have it exactly right. Right. But I think that Florida state has been to a bowl game for like 30 years straight. Yeah. 
and they've, you know, I mean, all of these things that have been established for so many years of Bobby Bowden and, you know, I mean, you go back to the, the coaches years ago, Florida State had one of the most impressive runs of going to a bowl game and having a winning season uh, as anybody, you know, yeah. as any school. And Willie was able to... Uh, to Dismantle that. Dis- dismantle that. Yeah, he ruined it. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you know, let's uh, let's lift Cheer- one for, for Willie. Willie. And Florida State, you got what you deserve. Yeah. Oh, that's our perception, by the way. What yeah. they... Uh perspective that's a perspective yes sir what did they i wonder what their uh their record was like two and ten something like that oh no they were like five and seven yeah but they never got to six wins oh my gosh so enough about florida state so back with the ducks you know cristobal taking over and and so now you know we we've had a really good recruiting year right Uh, we've lost a couple kids here lately i wouldn't be surprised if we ended up getting him back but at least uh, Criddle. 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 Yeah, just because he has so many of his friends, fellow teammates that are committed to Oregon. I mean, you know, he's one of four modern day, you know, high school kids that are going to be coming to Oregon next year. And um, Mater Day, but if we're going to correct ma- each other, yeah, let's, man, let's get all the stuff right. I'm going to watch, you know, listen closely in case you make another mistake. So, but no, it yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. he has he has friends that are coming to Oregon. You know, we still have I think right now it's number 7. Right. It went down from 4 to 7 just from him. Well, yeah. And uh we another linebacker. Uh but you know, I I really think that you know, they're going to pick up a couple extra guys. Right. But there's always some already some names thrown around. There are some big names that are supposed to be coming up this month. And and then there's I guess he's the number two guy now. How is he? Thibodeau. Yeah. Or something like that. He was, for most of the year, the number one overall recruit. Right. He's a defensive end. But he's, you know, one of his favorites or in his top five is Oregon. Everybody, all the uh, crystal ball predictions of where he's going to go, the majority of them are that he's going to Oregon. Yeah. And so he's deciding on the 15th of this month. Okay. He has it set. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a game changer. Huge. You know, he would be, I think, the number one highest rated pick ever. But he's right there with Haloti Nada. Yeah. And if he's anywhere close to what Haloti Nada was. Oh, man. But so anyway, yeah. So there's there's a good recruiting class. But, you know, I think the year that we had, the Ducks had, you know, there was so many things up in the air. Right. And... You know, our non-conference schedule for a lot of reasons, you know, we had some teams back out that we were supposed to play. And so it was very soft. So it wasn't a really good indication of what kind of team we were going to have. Right. Our first big game was Stanford and we dominated Stanford. It was a fantastic game until the end when we gave it away. Right. But then, it, you know, from there it was, okay, well, now what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to react? Right. Yeah, no, it was huge. I mean, it it sucked having to to watch them you know it it reminded me a lot of last year when you know herbert went out you know and it was just you know you could see the difference in 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 how we were playing which is interesting you know obviously with herbert still being in there it, it sucked to see it and feel it that way but when when you're up that much 
and things just start falling apart. Who do you blame? Well, that's the hard part is I don't think you can blame anybody really with with that situation because, I mean, we totally dominated our offensive line and our defensive line. And as it turned out, Stanford was not elite. I don't know that any of the teams in the Pac-12 this year were elite, were that juggernaut that, right. that is that great. I think that what happened is, and, and it happens in sports a lot. I've watched it over the years. And I don't know that I ever participated in, in something like that because when you're in it, I don't know that you realize it. But I think that you know, watching that game, I think Oregon just stopped and looked at, wow, we're playing really well. And they kind of lost their edge. Yeah. And you, you get to a point in a game where it's like, okay, well, we've dominated them. Yeah, they're coming back a little bit. I just want the game to end right now. Okay, can we just say the game's over? And you just you start thinking about being in the game instead of just playing the game. And I've watched it a lot with other teams. And I've watched it a lot where, you know, it's, it's like a baseball game, you know, where you score eight runs in the first three innings and you kind of just stop. You're like, okay, we got this one. Right. And the team starts coming back and you just want it to be over. You know, you just want it to end or there's five minutes to go in a basketball game and you've played a fantastic game and you've beaten this team that you really wanted to beat, but you don't finish. You don't finish the game. Right. And I think that's what happened with Stanford. You know, I, I don't think you can blame anybody, but I think everybody kind of just wanted the game to be over and stopped doing the things that got us that big lead. No, absolutely. I, I agree. I think that it, it, it took a team to lose that one. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it was devastating. Right. So the big thing was, okay, well, what is this first, you know, first year Oregon coach going to do? What is the, what's the team going to do? Right. How is this quarterback going to respond? How's the team going to respond? Right. And, you know, they responded well. Yeah. You know, and then we beat Washington, which is huge. I mean, last year, I think it was uh, 174 to three. Uh, <laughs> and Washington just won the Pac-12. Yeah. And so, you know, we win that game. And, you know, so the, the, the demons from the last year of Helfrich and things were a little bit better with Taggart. And so now this year, okay, you know, you, you've got to beat the seven and five, you know, that's, you, you want to have that trajectory. Right. Now we had a couple games on the road, obviously being on the road, winning at Cal was, was big because Cal at that point, you know, was like five and one, I think. Yeah. Winning that Cal game. But as it turns out, you know, Cal's going to a bowl. They're not a bad team. Justin Wilcox is doing a great job down there. Yeah. And the thing about, you know, winning that game, it was, it kind of put us back on track of, okay, you know, believing in ourselves. Yeah. But then the, the disaster that was Washington state and Washington state, you know, again, should have won the PAC 12. Yeah. They were a great team this year. You know, they were the one team that had a chance. They were a one loss team that had a chance to maybe go to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Mike and, Beach is one coach of the year for that. And so they're, they've got, you know, their game against Washington at home, everything going their way. It's snowing. Yeah. And they lose to Washington. Yeah. You know, Chris Peterson and what he's able to do at Washington, because, you know, when he got there, things were bleak. Right. No, for sure. So 
you know, it, it kept us out of any conversation about the playoffs. We played so horrible in the first half of the Washington State game. Yeah. Just, I mean, it looked like we had no business even being in the stadium. Which is how we've made Washington State feel over, you know, oh, the yeah. last. Yeah, we've done that to them many times. Decade. And then the second half, you know, again, you, you get frustrated because you the second half, now you're playing them straight up. You're playing better than they are. Right. And you kind of get back in the game and you fall short. Right. Frustrating. Okay, well, gosh, you play like that in the first half, we win this game. Mm-hmm. So now our, you know, our two losses are games we maybe could have won or should have won. Yeah, you know, if you play the way that you should, and then we go to Arizona, and wow, yeah, that's you I don't know, think Ar- I ended up watching that game. Oh, Arizona is not particularly a good team. They yeah. had some talented players. Okay, but boy, did we just stink it up. It was horrendous. We were never in the game. They blew us out like, yeah. like Not when, even in special teams? You would say special teams did all right? No. No. Okay. We didn't do anything. We were blown out of that game. And, you know, since it was down in Tucson, it brings back the memories of the game we went to a couple years ago. Yeah. And one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my entire life at at a college football game because of the horrible, horrible fans. Oh, that was just terrible. I would say that the pregame was pretty fun. Oh, it was great. I, I really oh, enjoyed yeah. that. We should have just stayed in the parking garage. That parking garage that we had. Cause, we you had, know, because it was raining. It was supposed to rain all day, but it let up a little bit yeah, right before actually, the game. Which, actually, it didn't rain during the game. but Which is awesome. Yeah. No, we had a great time. No, it was great. I mean, especially being... In that, I mean, it was the visitor's parking garage, I believe, or something, because, I mean, it's just... No, all, it just, it was... All the Duck fans ended up walking by us. Yeah, because, uh, you know, yeah, all the tailgating is done on the other side of the stadium. Right. And that's, you know, where all the U of A fans are. So, yeah, we're at the in the parking garage, and, and we just had, we had a great time. It was fun. Yeah. But the, uh, the way we were treated in the stadium and the way that we were... Uh, treated by everybody around it was just horrendous it was horrible it was rude the security guards were telling us basically like this is how the state cop standing there this is how it is get out of here you need to leave yeah Yeah, so but anyway yeah that was that was bad so that brought back some memories of that but playing that badly yeah you know and you know but then okay so you, you win a couple games you know you're winning your games at home we go to utah and it's like, okay, well, you know, this is, we have a chance now to win a game on the road against a good team. A great team. I mean, they played Washington uh, for the, you know, championship. Right. They won the Pac-12 South. Right. And again, we didn't play all that well. And, you know, that's that's our fourth loss. You know, and then it's going to Oregon State. Right. So now another road game. <laughs> and Oregon State had been playing better. Yeah. Cool. You know, they actually beat Colorado came back from i don't know 60 or 70 <laughs> it was a crazy game and that was at a hockey game that day and so i was around chad oh okay so kind of Ooh. a colorado fan and yeah yeah it, it, it wasn't, wasn't pretty, pretty. <laughs> that's terrible and and we played a really good game and we just destroyed oregon state right no that was nice it was good to come in and take care of business so for a lot of years if you beat washington and you beat oregon state it didn't matter that was a winning season. You, you, yeah, you could be two and ten. That was it, and uh, and the so, coach I is mean, safe. 
by the Oregon Duck criteria, the traditional Oregon Duck criteria, we won. Oh, we had a fantastic year. The season was a winner. But I think in all, I'm I'm happy with with where it you know where we ended up. Yeah, I mean, there's. I would say that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not disappointed. Um, there's obviously some things that could have been better. Um, in the, in, if the chips fell in our way or, you know, dominoes fell or whatever, it would have been awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and, and well, you win the Stanford game and, and yeah. And, and, you know, we, you know, end up playing better. We win Stanford. Maybe we, you know, win, um, against, uh, Washington state, Washington state. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and obviously we have a much different season, you know, maybe we're not going for, uh, you know, the playoffs or anything, but, um, I think that's much more to build off of. And I think that, but I think that with the season we've had absolutely satisfied with the result, just in the sense that I'm not, I'm not really angry with, with how, how we played the positives that were taken from it and, and where we're going into next season again, with a great recruiting class coming in you know, some great talent and players, you know, obviously our depth, hopefully Justin Herbert coming back, you know, all these things playing into it, you know, we could have a, a very good team next year. And, you know, that's what you hope. You hope to, to retain the, the great players you have to yeah, hopefully try to make it into the, those championship games. Well, you want to build. Absolutely. And, you know, to get back to, you know, being one of the elite teams in the country, which you know, we've had a taste of that. And we've been there. And so, yeah, definitely we want to get back. Uh, you look at the players we're losing. We were a young team. We're not losing a lot of players. You know, we're losing some key players. Yeah. On defense. Or, and Jokes. Yeah, Jalen Jokes we're losing. And, and uh, you know, we're lo- losing Hollins, Justin Hollins. Right, right. But, you know, unless like Troy die if he were to go into the NFL and I don't know that he's going to, right. Uh, we have a couple juniors and obviously Justin Herbert is projected as being the first quarterback taken and being a first round pick. Right. But as we said earlier, you know, kind of the indications are that he wants to stay and he's going to play in the bowl game. Right. So, okay. You play in the bowl game. Then you decide, okay, I'm not going to go into the draft because I think he's going to be a first round pick next year as well. Right. Yeah. I would agree. But we don't really lose anybody. All of our running backs that, that contributed, you know, we're losing Tony Brooks James, but he didn't really do anything this year. You know, it it came out than fumble, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, he was our, our only back that we have had that had legitimate yards under his belt, you know, that had a legitimate amount of carries under his belt. So you know, you, you look at it and you expect him to to do good things and you expect him to to pick up where he left off or even make a step forward. Yeah. Uh, he, and he didn't. He took he a step backward. Um, yeah. You know, and maybe that's just the way that the offense was or, you know, the way that, you know, it, it, we're running, you know, the power game as opposed to running side to side or, you know, less schemes to, you know, trickery. I don't know. You know, there's, there's different things you could say that maybe accounted into that or just – him not stepping up to the plate. Well, but. the interesting thing about Tony Brooks James is incredible talent, you know, very highly regarded recruit, and he never really established himself. He was always that guy that's like, wow, okay, there's a ton of potential here. And he could be, 
you know, he could be that counter to the power that was uh, Royce Freeman. Right. You know, because Tony Brooks James is, you know, incredibly fast. And he's one so, of the fastest players in, it, you in know, college it, football. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things where he just never. Do you think it never clicked for him? Well, there's a big difference between potential and actually doing it. Yeah. And, and I think that he just never reached it. He just never, for whatever reason, he just never got there. And there were always comments. There were always times where, okay, was the work ethic there? Was the determination? He kind of would, you know, it wouldn't always run hard. It's like if there wasn't an alley where he could use his speed, it was, okay, uh, I don't know what to do now. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Let me and, lay down real and, quick. Yeah. Not running hard. But anyway, so, okay, so the, our two main guys, C.J. Verdell and, and Travis Dye. Right. And uh, they're freshmen this year, so they're both coming back. Yeah, for a couple more seasons. And uh, Cyrus Habibi, right. who's our bigger back, uh, you know, he I think he got dinged up during the season and really didn't do much at the end, but they're, they're all freshmen. You know, Verdell yeah. was a, a redshirt freshman and Travis die was a, a true freshman right so we've got that we've got all of our receivers coming back yes and that's that's going to be a big one because i think that we don't have good receivers well we have one really really good receiver yeah and a bunch of guys that never because you know that's the interesting thing is in in all of sports and when you're talking about football which we are tonight we're talking about, okay, a high school kid and what he's able to do in high school and how does it translate into college and can he get better? Right. And then college and he's drafted and in the pros and now can he get better? Yeah. You know, can he do what, what is expected? And I think a lot of the receivers that the Ducks have, the wide receivers, didn't. No. I mean, Dylan Mitchell is as good a receiver as Oregon's ever had. I would 100% agree with that. He was, if it weren't for Arizona State's Harry, he would have been the best wide receiver in the Pac-12. Yeah. He, yeah, he's he's there in the conversation. Right. And, you know, he's a junior, so he can come back next year. I can't imagine him wanting to enter the draft. No way. Because he's not that elite. Plus, you know? I think that, you know, especially if Herbert comes back, they're, you know, they got a connection, you know, and then what they were able to do this year and what he was able to do with him this year. I think that that's something that would say great things. You know, I, I think he would really want to be able to come back and yeah, be that, a part of that. They would be, yeah, they would be one of the elite combinations in, in college football going into next year. Totally. And, but, you know, again, we've got some other guys that can they step up? Hopefully, you know, I, we've got some highly red regarded made, red made some good catches earlier in the year, you know, but dropped some balls. He dropped so many balls. So, you know, so he did Johnny so Johnson. Many touchdowns. Johnny know. Johnson couldn't catch anything at the end of the year. He uh, dropped everything. Was it Daywood Davis? Isn't it? Yeah. Daywood Davis is, uh, runs like the wind. Yeah. I mean, he's incredibly fast, but. Again, no hands. Well, we don't know. Yeah, he you know, hasn't he, really shown too he, much of what he can do. Right, because he doesn't get on the field. Not a lot and of opportunity. It, and one of the problems with 
with receivers that are incredibly fast is they don't know how to run routes. Yeah. And that's the big thing. I mean, if you're, if you're that sprinter, that's incredibly fast and, you know, can get behind the defense. Yeah. Okay. But that's not an every down player. No, but it's important to have. And I also think that with someone like Herbert who can sneeze and accidentally throw the ball 50 yards. Oh yeah. um, He can throw it anywhere in the field. You know, I think that that makes it really nice to have that kind of weapon there. Um, But what I'm really excited about when it comes to the wide receiving core coming into this next season is also who we're adding in. Right. And again, you know, like we talked about, you don't know, how they translate. No, we don't. Um, one thing that I'm excited about is our big wide receiver coming in. Delgado? Say, so where's Joe? Man, he, he, right. We but, need, you know, he, yeah, he, he can never know. find what we're looking for anyway. Anyway, so. So I'll talk about it and you look up. Okay, so, but he, he ended up, uh, he's he's enrolling early. Okay. And just so he can come in and he wants to learn the playbook. Right, and he wants to know what's going on, and he's going to be a part of it, and he wants to, you know, play big minutes. And he's, yeah, a, I know, we've got, he's a taller guy. We've got a couple of of receiver. Delgado is one, and uh, I don't have it in front of me. You know, that's how prepared we are for this podcast, folks. Always, um, you know, is some of the other will height. Yeah. I think is is one of the other receivers, but you know, again, there's there's a couple other guys out there that that have not committed yet that we're, you know, in the mix for, you know, when they're, we're in their top four. Right. I think Hall is one of them. Yep. That, and he's probably not going to Oregon, but we're in his top four. Yeah. But yeah, getting, getting elite receivers, but having more than one, you know, not just having one guy, which is always interesting because the balance, you know, you have one guy that you want to target, because, you know, he's your go-to, but then you need some other guys that can get open. Right. And, you know, that's when you start looking at at some of the teams, you know, Oklahoma this year, uh, even Alabama. You know, you start looking at some of these teams that, that have multiple receivers that are able to, to get open, and it's not just left to one guy like it was for Oregon this year. Because right. It made it, which it made he it even, to Johnny Johnson and he just dropped the ball, which made it even more impressive. What Dylan Mitchell, what Dylan Mitchell was able to accomplish yeah. this year, you know? And I mean, there was so many times where everyone knew that's where we were throwing. Yeah. Um, the wide receiver that's going to be enrolling early at Oregon is Makai Pittman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the number 11 wide receiver in the 2019 class. So one of our better ones, 5'11", 195. So he's not a real big guy. No. You know, but he's, he's right there. He's close to six feet. And again, you know, when, when somebody gets to school, you just there's such a difference between, you know, some of these highly uh, thought of recruits and, you know, are they able to step up right, right away and play? How does their rank translate into what's actually going to happen? You know, yeah. how are they? Yeah. Because every, gonna... you know, every high school, Wherever you happen to be playing, you know, you can dominate a certain area right? and look like an incredible player. Mm-hmm. But then now you start, you know, getting to the next level and can you translate and can you get better? You know, are you someone that peaks it's in high about, school? I think you know? it's all about mindset. It's all about, you know, are you satisfied with where you're at? Do you think that you're, 
great, amazing, or are you well, understanding? Ethic. Yeah, yeah the work ethic, understanding that you have, yeah, a lot to work on, and you know, to get to where you want to go. So yeah, and I really think I love our tight ends. Tight ends, we've you know, I honestly Jacob feel Breland like we've is, been deep at tight end for a while now. Yeah, Jacob Breland is a stud. Uh, Spencer Webb was a true freshman this year right now this year we had several players the, the new rule came into effect that you could play in four games and still redshirt yeah so players like spencer webb and you know some of the other true freshmen coming in that they got a chance to get in games mm-hmm. you know, tyler shuck the the quarterback mm-hmm. he got into some games got a chance to play a little bit but he didn't burn a year which is nice. Yeah, so they still will be redshirt freshmen next year. And we had a couple, uh, we had a running back doing that, and we had a couple defensive backs that, you know, re- actually redshirted. Yeah. Because we only, I think, ended up with, you know, out of 23 or 24 recruits this last year, I think we only ended up with about six or seven that, that redshirted. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's quite a few played. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of freshmen played. You know, again, we're not losing many players. We got the whole offensive line is back. Uh, plus, there's two or three guys that redshirted this year that uh, are really highly thought of. And so, you know, that the, the lines, that's Cristobal's big thing is uh, obviously the offensive line. That's that's what he's been, the offensive line coach right, for years. Right. He but, wants, you know, he wants a dominating offensive line and defensive line. Well, I mean, it's, I think you talk to a lot of football fanatics and you know, I think the majority of them will say that the football game is won in the trenches. Yeah. You know, and that's just, you know, a well-known fact. Well, and, and that's interesting being duck fans. Cause even during the elite times, you know, Oregon has kind of gone the other way where it's been speed, speed, speed. It's been the, uh, you know, getting some of the elite skill players, right? And then the offensive guys, you know, on the offensive line, you know, will will recruit three stars, uh, even some two stars, yeah, that are you know undersized. And we'll bring them in, and they're a couple years in the program, and you you know you build them from two fifty to sixty, up to two eighty five or two ninety, and then it was about quickness, right? And we had some good offensive linemen. We had some good offensive lines. It was lines. all about mobility, you but, know, yeah, being able it, to move from the middle of the field over to the, each sideline every single play. Right. We didn't get the elite offensive linemen. And because of that, when we got up against certain teams. It was exposed. Yeah. Huge. So Cristobal is, is taking a different approach. Now almost all of our offensive linemen are all four stars. Oh yeah. I don't I don't know what you would have to do as an offensive lineman in high school to become a five star because they just don't exist. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's just the rating system because five star there's only a certain number of five star players. Right. And those are mainly given to skill players. Right. And defensive players. Yeah. You get a lot of five star defensive linemen. You get a lot of five star like cornerbacks. Skill players. Yeah, yeah, but you just don't get a lot of five-star, if any, five-star offensive linemen. Mm. So getting four-star, you're talking about some of the elite guys. And we're able to get more and more. Right, and right. I think that we're going to continue to dominate. And, I, you know, I just at, at any level in football, if you have a great offensive line, your running backs are going to be successful. 
your quarterback you, is going to be successful hopefully because you know they're it at least it gives them time to be able to make decisions right you can have you know you can have the the worst quarterback and still have a great offensive line and you know your quarterback can at least make plays can at least have the attempt to make plays where you have the best quarterback in the world but if you don't have an offensive line you're screwed right sorry alex no you know and that's true you know it, it it's interesting to to look at the fact that what you know what crystal ball is looking at so okay so now we're we're at a point where okay we're we're playing new year's eve day we're excited about that playing michigan state a team that we should be competitive with that we should beat yeah now it'll be interesting to see how the pac-12 does this year in the bowl games because last year was a disaster. Yeah. Last year was a disaster. I for think the PAC 12 in general, whether it was basketball other than women's basketball. Yeah. Women's basketball was all right, but men's basketball and football were terrible for the PAC 12. Yeah. But we're talking about football, right? So I know you, you always want to go to basketball. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that it's yeah. not just it's not just football. I mean, in, in general, Oregon had had a down year in that in those two. Sorry. Yeah. Well, which are big for us, right? We've had a tough basketball week, and I tried not to talk about it. So. <laughs> Glad that Adam took us there. But anyway, so the the Pac-12 last year in football and the bowl games, we won one bowl game. Yeah. You know, Utah was the bowl game that they got slotted into. They were a total overmatch for the team that they played, yeah. but everybody else lost. You know, I think we were one in seven or one in eight. Uh, yeah. And, they, and some of them weren't even close. Oh, you know, it just, you know, Oregon played horrendous against Boise state and yeah, you know, up and down the line, you know, we just got knocked. Right. So this year it'll be interesting. I looked at the matchups today and, you know, honestly, I think that that we should win most of them. Okay. The one that'll be kind of fun to watch is uh, Washington against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Ooh. Because Ohio State, you know, their big thing is, you know, they got jilted. Yeah, you know, they were they, supposed to go to the championship. They were supposed to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And they ended up being the number six team of, you know, the top 25. So they were two slots out. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see Washington against them. You know, how competitive. Oh, absolutely. I think that's going to be very fun to watch. Although in the past, I feel like I've just been very disappointed with how we tend to do in games like that. Well, okay. So it's always a difficult thing or or maybe it's an easy thing because if Washington wins, the Pac-12 wins. Right. And we always love to watch Washington lose. Right. So it'll be an interesting bowl season. And, you know, we don't have to play in one of the first ones. So we get to wait a little bit longer. Right. Like I said, I, I, I would be very disappointed if we don't beat Michigan State. With Herbert playing, I, I really think that we should win that game. And I'd love it to be a solid win. I think that um, Cristobal needs it. Yeah. You know, just, you know, for the program. Yeah, exactly. You'll already have your early signing period because that's in December. Mm -hmm. So we will have a certain number of our recruits already signed up. Ready to go. And probably on then, campus. Then the normal signing period is in February, the first weekend in February. Okay. And that's the traditional 
you know, National High School signing day. And then you, you know, you slide right into spring and a lot of the kids will, will, uh, enroll early. Right. And try to be around for spring ball, which is a, a big thing for just get a head start. You know, you get your hands in the playbook right. and that kind of stuff. And, and then next year, you know, you just keep building and that's all we want. Right. You know, it, we don't have to be in, in the playoffs. No. But I, I certainly want us to continue, you be know, competitive. To, to be competitive, to be, uh, you know, in there for Pac-12 championship. And I think that Cristobal will take us there. I agree. You know, I like the direction the team is going. You know, I think that there's a lot of accountability. Yeah. You know, he takes every situation on. You know, there's not, uh, at no time did the team finger point and say, well, you know, if they would have played better, we would have done this or that or that's, you know, we didn't have that. So I, I think one of the, the, the biggest takeaways from this year for me when it comes to Oregon football is the discipline. You know, we talked about it, and if you look at past podcasts from us when we're talking about Oregon football over the last couple of years, it has been tough for us because last year, especially under Willie Taggart, the discipline was so low; it was, it was non-existent. Well, it was the we were in the bottom five, I think, in nation, nationally for penalties. Yeah, in, in in all of college football. Yeah, which is insane. So, you know, to to see us be able to come back this year, clean that up. Most games we won the the penalty battle. Yeah, we did. We had a, a couple games where you know we're we're three or four penalties in the whole game. Yeah, which is huge. Yeah, no, that's yeah. You're not and, beating yourself exactly. So that's that's and, gigantic. So that 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 to me was the biggest takeaway from this year the discipline it means the players are buying in it means they want to be there they want to be doing a good job you know they're trying hard and the coaches are getting them there so for that you know i mean bozer's probably going to be uh you know good things coming i guess in, in that sense well exactly yeah and the accountability and you know the facilities are fantastic i think the leadership the university is a good school so yeah i think what's on the upturn yeah. You know, this time last year we were talking about, you know, we can go back to goodbye Willie. Right. And, uh, you know, the frustration with that and how that all came about. And this year it's much more upbeat. And we're excited about, uh, you know, a bowl game that right. we're going to. And the other uh, the other football, uh, and, you know, you can tell how much time we have left with how <laughs> – we feel about it. Still 49er fans, still huge 49er fans. Right, right. And, you know, this year, you know, we lost our quarterback early on. Right, and our, our season ended at that point. Well, there's just a lot of things that that the, uh, that the 49ers need. And I think that there's a lot of good players there. Yeah. I think that the, we you know, we're, we're two and, and we lost today, so we're two and nine, I think. Maybe even two and ten. I don't. Yeah, but the uh, the the. I think yeah. I think we are two and ten. <laughs> but the thing is, is we have to be the best two and ten team, maybe in a long time. Yeah, because there's a lot of talent on the 49ers. Uh, yeah, but there are just some places that we have gigantic needs. You know, our secondary is horrible, and I mean we. You know, we lost our quarterback and we lost our number one running back. Yep. And 
we've had uh, our, our number one and number two receivers. Our number one running back never even got on the field, huh? Yeah, he was lost in preseason. But, our, you know, our, our top wide receivers have been hurt most of the year. And so injuries have, have decimated the 49ers. The 49, yeah, insanely. But there's, like I said, there's a lot of really good players there. I think that they've got, you know, a pretty good offensive line. Our secondary needs help, certainly. You know, Richard Sherman hasn't played bad, but, you know, again, he's, he's not going to be 100%, I don't think, until next year. Witherspoon, the number three pick from a couple years ago, is is just a, hard to figure out. You know, he's got talent. He can do it. He just doesn't. Right. It's and just about the effort. We've had safeties getting hurt. Uh, you know, I think we're a couple players away. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is we're right in there, and it looks like we're going to have one of the top three picks. It's a very good chance that we're going to have the number one overall pick. Yeah. And the the player everybody kind of points to is Bosa. Yeah, say that he's that difference maker for and, any team. And he's that, that uh, pass rusher, uh, that edge rusher that the 49ers need. They do need that bad. Now, if they draft him, so here's what you're looking at with – with the 49ers next year and let's just, you know, yeah. play the hypothetical and say that Bosa say is he's the number a 49er. One. Okay, so he's the number 1 pick. Yeah. Okay, so you go back to the last 5 years. You've got Armstrong, University of Oregon. Yeah. Number 1 pick of the 49ers, defensive line. You've got DeForest Buckner, number 1 pick of the 49ers, University of Oregon, defensive line. Defensive line. Okay. Then you've got Solomon Thomas, Stanford, number one pick, defensive line. Yeah. And then you throw in Bosa. Now there's an offensive lineman, McClinchy. Yeah. Is uh, we got last year offensive tackle last year, but then if this year is Bosa, then you've got four of the last five years. You've got offense or defensive linemen, your number one picks. Yeah. If you don't have a stud defensive line at, at that, that point. point then you just need to fire everybody and you need to sell the stadium and, you know, start a soccer team. It's true. You know, I'm uh, granted. I mean, we've had some trouble with, I mean, specifically foster. I mean, he's Dion, Dion, Dion Jordan, all not Dion Jordan. Uh, he's, um, the, well, Dion Jordan was a, yeah, I know he was a, a lineman for for Oregon, Oregon, but and went to Miami and never did anything. Right? No, I'm thinking of the 49er linebacker, Alden Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. He was a we had defensive end, outside linebacker. Yeah, Alden Smith. Yeah, kind of the same thing. You know, exactly I mean, the same thing going he, on. Yeah, he just couldn't get out of his own way. They, yeah, all the talent in the world, everything in front of them, and they just can't figure it out they just make mistakes in their personal lives. Right. You know, it's not on the field. No. I mean, it's, it's one thing with a player that, that is highly regarded, that doesn't quite get it done on the field. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're not successful in your craft. It's something else when you're, you're blessed with so much talent and then you mess it up by doing things off the field. Right. And that's those two guys. You can imagine if Alden Smith was still with the 49ers, what they would be if he was at the level that he was, you know, his rookie year. Right. And now Reuben Foster, the same thing. You know, he's, if he ever plays again, uh, who knows? 
Right. But domestic violence, things that he does off the field that have taken him, you know, uh, out of football. Right. Unfortunately. It, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for, you know, the, the whole situation of, of some of these young guys that, that can't seem to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, by all accounts, Reuben Foster is is a great kid. But he just finds himself in situations that he can't handle and he makes mistakes. Right. And so, you know, he's no longer there. Hopefully. I mean, but that puts in, you know, a hole for Bosa to just slide right in. Well, you know, you know, Warner this last year, linebacker that that we picked up from Brigham Young, had a great year. Yeah. Okay. And and we need secondary guys. But again, there's there's kind of a hierarchy. Right. If you have that number one pick and you don't pick the person that's supposed to be the number one pick, the scrutiny that you're going to get. Well, yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that, but there are certain positions that you don't, you don't take an offensive lineman. Number one, you don't take, right. You know, centers, the best center in the draft normally goes in the third round. And, you know, they've said recent years have changed that a little bit with running backs, but you know, they said running backs, you don't take a running back until the third round, but defensive linemen and especially edge rushers, you know, if, if you're elite, then that that's a first rounder. Yeah. Without easy. a doubt. So it's quarterbacks, defensive linemen that seem to dominate the top of the draft. Right. So now we're talking about, you know, the ripple effect, because if you get the number one overall pick, you have also the number one pick in the second round. Oh. You know, so now, okay, so it's it's almost like in having the second first round pick because you get that that first of the second round. And, uh, you know, maybe you can get a, a cornerback. Right. Because cornerbacks, you know, yeah. will kind of drop a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it's very possible. I know we said this last year. Uh, because we had, you know, Garoppolo, we had our quarterback. Right. Uh, so we thought that, well, with a decent draft last year, you know, maybe we could get in the playoffs this year. Right. Well, losing Garoppolo and then everything else that happened, you know, our running back and or the rest of our McKinnon, injuries, all the things that have happened. So now we're looking at, at being, you know, the, a, a number one overall pick again. Right. You know, now bringing in a bunch of, you know, hopefully having a really good draft. And like you said earlier, you know, having those guys work out, you know, Reuben Foster, they traded up into out of the second round into the first round to get Reuben Foster. And now he's gone. Right. You know, and he gave him, you know, I don't know, 15 games, maybe. Right. Barely anything. So it, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but you know, optimism. Right. We'll be excited next, uh, next August for, for the 49ers and and they are positioned to to take that big step if some things can work out. Agreed. I think that both teams are. So yeah. I mean it was a a fun year. There's still a few 49er games left. You know, they lost today to Seattle. Got kind of blown. But you know, I'll enjoy the last couple games for the 49ers and and trying to pick out the positives. Off to off to next year. Well, it's football. Football's fantastic. Yeah. It's agreed. great. So, yeah, and uh, and we have the bowl game for this year. I'm sure we'll talk about it again at some point soon. Um, Absolutely. Now, we are going to take, uh, we're going to take December off now 
Yeah. Like we did last year. We're going to, you know, with Christmas and everything coming up, we're going to take a few weeks off. Uh, we're ordering some new equipment. Yep. Getting some, some upgrades. So we're going to do some things. So hopefully we won't have, uh, equipment issues next year. Right. Right. We did have to and, go down uh, for a little bit because of that. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll do our year in review, um, after the first of the year, which was fun last year. We'll yeah. do it again this year. It's possible that the cherries might even come around. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we got to, we got to check with Joe and make sure that, that he's got his, uh, you know, so I think we'll do a year in review probably and incorporate the cherries into that. Probably. So that will be an exciting episode and I know everybody will, will tune into that. And uh, I want to thank everybody this year that, that purchased things through Amazon. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's part of uh, the equipment we're buying is is some things. You know, Huge. shout out to uh, to Shim. To Shim Havarti. Yeah, he apparently uh, purchased a few things for his... Uh, for his business. Shout out to Kirsten, my girlfriend, for doing the same thing. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of money to spend. And uh, that was wonderful. And and please keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all you got to do is go to our website, thejubitake.com. And uh, there's a little banner for Amazon on there. Just click on that. It'll take you right to Amazon. And you can buy anything that you want. The more you spend, the more we get. Yeah. Feel free to buy your next car on there. Absolutely, a house. House. I think that you can buy a house on Amazon now. That would be even better. Yeah, boats, airplanes, whatever you guys want to do. If you do, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, Adam, uh, another great year. Who would have thought that we would have lasted this long? No one did. No one did. No. Or maybe they hoped we wouldn't. Who knows? Who cares? You can always turn it off. Exactly. But we've had fun. Absolutely. We've had a great time and we will continue. Next year will be uh, as uh, as good as we can make it. We're excited about the opportunities and uh, thanks for this year. Adam, had a great time. Absolutely. No, I, I love it. I've had so much fun. This has been such a wild ride. Thanks for you know hosting it with me and Thanks to all you guys for listening and, and sticking with us through the good and the bad. Yeah. Hey, we have the best intentions every time. We just enjoy enjoy doing it. We enjoy sitting around and talking about stuff. Absolutely. So. Hope you guys do too. And if you want, there's going to be more perspectives next year.
are the good ones, the good ones of today. Point them out to me so I can come and join their rate. We'll walk around this land with open hands, looking for change. We'll want to understand this progression we have at hand. Humanity is killing wheat, for this we will not stand. I say let's progress in good contest. Make conference, then love our best. Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high. Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines. Our love that makes no sense. We who spend love at no expense. We are a force of passion. Create a new faction. Taking action, working hard just for the satisfactions. With the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight. Thank you.